Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, we sang this song last week. It's called Battle Belongs. And it's just an anthem, really, that um, whatever's going on, whatever season you're in, uh, whatever you've been through, the battle belongs to Jesus Christ. And he will take care of us no matter what. And so if you would please stand and join us in worship. When all I see is the battle, you see my victory. When all I see is a mountain, you see a mountain move. And as I walk through the shadows, your love surrounds me. There's nothing to fear now, for I am safe with you. So when I fight, so when I fight, I fight on my knees with my hands lifted high. Oh God, the battle belongs to you, and every fear I lay at your feet.
all can be seated. So I'm just going to give us a couple of quick announcements today. Uh, If you're online, would you please let us know who you're with? We love getting to see who's joining us through hbtulsa.com on Sunday mornings. If you're here, thank you so much for wearing your masks and social distancing. We appreciate that. Um, And we just want to encourage you to keep on doing that. I have a very, I think it's pretty exciting announcement Um, So we are going to start doing this thing called study time and gym time. And we know that with with the pandemic still going on, it's gone on way longer than any of us thought or wanted. And... Uh, So the church has decided to open up its doors on uh, Mondays for an allotted gym time and an allotted study time. And I'm going to read a description of what that means. Um, So it says, HP will be opening its doors to offer a safe space for families and students. You can reserve half the gym to run and play or a spot in the lower lobby to study. I know we have a lot of students who are in online school, and this could be a great way to um, just get some space to study. Or maybe you have kids or grandkids that need a space to play, or maybe you have neighborhood kids who come over to your house, and it would be just great if you had a place uh, to to just, just run and hang out. Um, and so this is, this is the why. So we want to provide a safe space for this during this pandemic. So this might be helpful for students who want to work on homework, families who need place to run and play, those who may not have Wi-Fi available to them, folks who need a break from working at home, and many others. And we believe that this will be a blessing to our community, not just our, our congregation, but to our community as well. And so That's going to be every Monday starting February 8th. Um, And gym time, uh, all of this will be on our website, by the way, so you don't need to remember it word for word or be taking notes because it will all be on the website. But gym time will be from 10 to 11 a.m. and then 1 to 2 p.m. And then study time will be 11 to noon and 3 to 4 p.m. And the reason why there's so much space and alternating in between each of the times is just so that we can clean and make sure that it is a safe and good environment for everyone. And so how that's going to look like is there's going to be two different RSVP links on the website for you to choose from either study time or, I'm sorry, lobby time for the lower lobby or gym time. And so you can click that and uh, reserve a spot for your your unit, uh, whether it's friends you're bringing or just just you and your family. Um, and so uh, each slot will allow for two units. So we're going to try to keep things as safe as possible, which means that uh, if uh, you are signing up for a let's say an 11 to 12 study time, there's going to be a spot for one family or one person or whoever, and then another spot for another. But there's only going to be two. So you're going to have to RSVP if you want that space. Um, And masks will be required for the entirety of your time. So just be aware of that. Um, 
if you are, if you have children, this isn't necessarily, this isn't really a drop-off situation. A parent needs to be there if there's a, a child that's 14 or under. Um, and then finally, there, there's going to be an HP leader present um, to pray or to talk and also just to um, make sure that everyone's being safe and that protocols are being followed. So... I know that's a ton of information. Again, you can find all of that on our website, hptulsa.com. But I'm pretty excited about it because I know that that's a need that our community has right now. Um, And so uh, if you would like to be a part of that, you can RSVP on the website. Um, Now, I just want to really quick just say a word about the song we just sang, Battle Belongs. I just, I've listened to it on repeat just over and over again because as Christians, you know, when we, when we fight our battle, it isn't against flesh and blood. It's against, it's against forces of, of the devil and against evil. And when we pray, when we worship, we're fighting hard and the devil can feel that he feels it when we pray The prayer of a powerful man or woman is effective. And so as Christians, our weapon of choice is worship. Our weapon of choice is prayer. And so we're going to continue to worship and pray because, you guys, it makes a difference. And sometimes we don't always see the results of our prayers, but sometimes we do. And all the time. Whether or not we see the results, God is at work, and God is listening, and God is moving. And so would you please stand as we continue to worship and continue to raise our flag? Bless the Lord, oh my soul. It's home.
Pray in every name. 
Father, we praise you, we thank you, we love you, and we love your church. You are so good to us, God, and we trust, we believe that you will heal our land, you will heal our families. God, you will heal everything that you will make whole, God, because you are God who follows through, and you are king. In your name we pray, amen. You all can be seated. Good morning. This last week in our Core 52 book, we've gone through a lesson on change. And change is not something that uh, I enjoy. Um, in my old age, I, I don't like change. But this last year, we've had to go through some changes that I wasn't expecting. Uh, social distancing, wearing a mask, quarantining, um, just a lot of changes that we've not had to do in the past. During our communion time, I want to talk about some things that, that are not changing, that we can be comfortable in that. We're told in Hebrews, the 13th chapter, the 7th verse, that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He came to earth to die for us, to give his life for us, so that we could have the promise of eternal life. When we come to our communion time, we're remembering that. We're remembering that he gave his life for us. And we're remembering what it means to us with eternal life promised. Yeah, there's going to be some changes even in communion. Uh, not the idea behind communion, but the way we take it uh, has changed over the years and it's changed in this past year. But the important thing is, is that we remember Jesus Christ and what he did for us. Please join me in prayer, please. Father, we thank you for Jesus Christ, for him coming to earth, living among us, teaching the apostles, and then dying for each and every one of us. Uh, thank you for this communion time that we can remember him and what he did for us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
Hey, good morning, Highland Park. It's good to be with you today. My name is Brian, and I'm on staff here. And we've been in uh, uh, this study in 2021 um, where we're using this uh, great resource book called Core 52 to kind of guide us through the 52 biggest themes of the entire Bible. And I, I hope that you've been following along. If you have not, you can jump in at any point. We have actually some of the books right out in the lobby, or you can get them online if you're watching online as well. Uh, but we would love for you to follow along. It's really been a great study for us. And we've been spending these uh, first uh, couple of months studying these themes that provide this foundation for us. We've talked about the great redwood trees of California that can grow a couple hundred feet tall, but they can't grow tall unless they have this deep uh, and really they actually go wide root system that uh, wraps around other roots and goes kind of far and wide because the root comes before the fruit. And uh, what we've been talking about is looking in the scripture of how uh, God wants us to to practice these principles of scripture and not just focus on one and forget the rest, but to focus on this wide array of this root system that uh, we've talked about how we care that we are part of God's mission. That was week one, join God's mission. That's one of those roots that roots us to the heart of God. Uh, week two was we Sabbath in God's presence. And I hope that you've been practicing this idea of Sabbath rest and maybe go back and listen to that sermon a time or two. Uh, but we need that in our lives. Then last week, Dave preached about how we seek God's wisdom and we need this root of always seeking wisdom. And today, it's this root that may be unpopular when you first hear it, but it's so much part of the Christian life. And it's this. We invite the Holy Spirit to change us. Now, Matt started an online discussion with our uh, folks who are, are, are joining us uh, through the Internet and uh, just asked uh, what do you think about change? And as you can imagine, I was looking at some of the responses. You know, I, I like change, or I hate change, or I used to like change, and now I don't like change quite so much. Um, but one way or another, we've had, we've had about 10 months of accelerated change, have we not? And so it's kind of a part of, of life. And then the question is, will we embrace the changes that God wants to make in us? And so, kind of with that said, let me just pray for us and ask that our hearts would be open this morning to hearing God's instruction for us, and maybe to even point out some things that we need to change in our lives so that we can honor him. Father, you are a God who um, can do the impossible, the impossible for us, but it's possible for you to change us from deep within. To change, our, to change our hopes, to change our families, to change our relationships, to change our habits, to change our future. Lord, we invite you to change us to be more like you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so we're going to read a passage together. It's from the book of James, by the way. We'll be kind of working through the book of James over the next few weeks. And what we're going to do is I'd like us just to kind of read this together. Um, up on the screen, when you see the words in red, if you would read them out loud, I'll read the rest, and we'll kind of do this together. So I'm just going to look up here with you and kind of follow along. Everybody ready? James 1, 13 through 25. 
When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. You could preach for weeks and months and years on the passage we just read. I mean, it is full, and it is incredible. I want to just point out a few things this morning and and unpack a, a few truths that specifically help us with this idea of allowing God to change us. And the first big idea from this passage is this. Sin leads to death. You don't want to see sin full grown. I mean, sin in its small bits is scary enough. But this passage talks about how sin, it starts out, it's this temptation and it becomes this sin. And that sin separates us from God. So the spiritual ramifications are the same. But the earthly ramifications can even grow as that sin gets bigger and bigger. And it says, full-grown sin leads to death. So our church has partnered with Black Box International. And I've served on the board of trustees there for the past decade. And so we help boys who have been rescued out of trafficking. So boys who have been rescued out of trafficking have endured slavery, abuse upon abuse. They've had everything taken from them. And... And often when we first tell people about black box, one of the first reactions, one of my first reactions was, what kind of monster could do something like that? Who could traffic children? What kind of monster would do that? And I've asked that same question. And the answer is a human being who allowed in some small sin. And that sin grew and grew And grew to such a monstrous place that trafficking children was something that they could explain away. Something that they could be part of. The truth is, when we say that person must be a monster, sometimes that makes us just feel better about ourselves. Because that person's a human being, just like you and me. They were born on this earth, and they had choices to make. Now, they may have had lots of things that influenced those choices, But here's the deal. If you want to get rid of monstrous sin, kill the monster when it's small. It's a whole lot easier. Kill the monster when it's little. Don't wait for it to be full grown because then it becomes more and more difficult to get rid of. Rich Beotis, whose book we've we've, uh, been recommending to you, Uh, talked about when he first got a car. He grew up in New York, and he didn't need a car. He took the subway everywhere or walked everywhere. Uh, But finally, when he was in college, he needed a car, and he didn't know really anything about cars, but his car started making this loud kind of thumping noise. 
and it was starting to get louder. And because he did not know how to fix the car and he didn't have a whole lot of money, he figured out a way to deal with it. He would roll down the window and turn up the music real loud. <laughs> then he couldn't hear the noise. And so he drove around college like that for a couple weeks. But then he had a, a, a weekend where he was going to go visit his grandma, uh, who lived a little bit away. And so he, he started off, and sure enough, as he was driving, kaboom! And finally, he had to kind of pay the price for ignoring what started as a small, be louder noise. And then he stuck on the side of the road. And he said this, Sooner or later, the stuff we ignore will explode when we least expect it. We're not very good at looking under the soles or the hood of our souls, are we? When we need to pop open the hood and look at our souls and kind of diagnose and let God just kind of have his way with us, we're not so great at that. In fact, I think our world often copes with conviction by being busy. You know, we, it's easier to scroll on uh, social media and just distract yourself. I wonder how much of the scrolling is just distracting from the stuff I need to deal with. Or we turn on, uh, turn on the, uh, the TV or the radio loud, or we just let our minds stay always occupied so that we don't have to deal with the stuff that God is wanting to convict us of. Maybe those, those little thumping noises that we keep hearing, and God is saying, hey, 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 pay attention, pay attention. I don't want you to blow up. And so for centuries, people have been saying, hey, pay attention to your soul. Listen to the little things. Augustine said, oh God, let me know myself. Let me know you. And another philosopher named Ice Cube said, you better check yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> we need to pay attention to our souls before we do wreck ourselves. So number one from this passage in James, sin leads to death, so remember that it's best to kill the monster while it's small. James goes on to say that, that great phrase that we read together, be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. And so number two is this, repentance begins with stillness. Stillness, this quiet attentiveness leads to repentance, where, we, where we're just still and quiet. And <clears throat> so much of our world is geared toward to do the absolute opposite of being quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. I mean, I mean just think about, um, you know, late night cable news. It promotes anger and social media. I mean, social media is like the perfect example of how can you be um, slow to listen and really quick to get angry and really quick to tell the world what you think. I mean, it's set up to encourage that behavior. But we didn't need social media to do that. We do that in our own relationships and in visiting with our neighbor <clears throat> all the time. And so to do the opposite of that, to walk in the way of Jesus means I'm going to be slow to speak, slow to become angry. I'm going to be quick to listen. I'm going to lean in to listen. There's some enemies, uh, some things that, that prevent us from doing that. I mean, getting angry... When you're angry, you can't listen very well. When, you, when we talk incessantly, we can't listen very well. When our minds are always loud and busy, always plotting our next move, figuring out revenge, figuring out the better way to talk to someone to show them up, or maybe just drowning out at everything, even deep thoughts, by staying busy. 
But God says, be still. Listen. Pay attention to God. So sin leads to death, so remember it's best to kill the monster while it's small. Number two, repentance begins with stillness, with quiet attentiveness. So remember to be still and pay attention to God. That means we need some times to be still and to listen. So you need to carve out some time in your life to do that. And maybe for some of you, that's not difficult. Uh, But I imagine for a lot of us, it's very difficult. So what does that mean? To drive with the radio off for a little while? Anybody have great kind of like times where you're just mowing the yard and you realize, man, I needed some time to think. <laughs> um, that, I, I think that's a clue that we need more time in our life to be still and to allow God to bring about repentance in us. Number three is this. God brings the hammer. See, if you could change yourself, you'd already be changed. If you could fix you, you'd be fixed. If I could fix me, I'd have no problems. I would have figured it out. And, and if I could fix you, oh, man, your problems would go away. But the truth is, I can't fix me, and I can't fix you, and you can't fix me, and you can't fix you. We can't fix one another. But it's God who brings the hammer. It's God who does the work. God who does the great work inside of us. And so whether the monster is little or big, God does the great work in us. The text says to get rid of all filth and humbly accept the word planted in you. And I think that's a good little picture of scripture because I do want us to strike this biblical balance of, well, does God change me or do I change myself? Well, be careful because yes, it's God who changes us, but I have responsibility still, right? Because the, the text says, hey, Brian, you be quick to listen. Be slow to speak. Be slow to become angry. That's my responsibility. But God will change me. The word planted in me, scripture will change me. But at the same time, I, if I'm just quick to listen, that doesn't change me from the inside out. But that allows God to do this great work in us. So I think we need to be careful to strike this balance of, I have responsibility in this change process. My habits, my thoughts, my relationship, my family, my attitude at work, I bear responsibility. But it's God who does the greatest change in me. Are you following me? Does that make sense? That, That we have responsibility, but it's God who ultimately brings the hammer. He does the heaviest lifting. He changes our heart, what we can't do on our own. So we, we are thankful that he does that. There's this word in the New Testament, and it's the word that we get today for metamorphosis. So you go from ugly caterpillar to beautiful butterfly. Poor caterpillar is always called ugly, but it's true. And that this, this idea of metamorphosis, of complete change, from ugly into something beautiful. That word is used four times in the New Testament. Two of the times it's used to tell the same story, one in Matthew, one in Mark, uh, when Jesus was on what we call the Mount of Transfiguration, when Jesus had this moment where he was changed right in front of Peter um, and uh, James and John. And so half the time in the New Testament, that word is used to describe Jesus. It's used two other times, but in those two times, it's not used to describe Jesus. Surprisingly, it's used to describe you and me. 
and all people. And I find it very encouraging that the Bible uses this word to describe Jesus, but it can also describe us, this idea of metamorphosis. So I want us to read again this passage together. If we can put Romans 12, 2 up here. And again, I want you to read the red words and I'll read the white and read along with you. Uh, this is from Romans 12, 2. Some of you memorized it this week. I know some of you have memorized it in different translations or such. Go along with me on this one, okay? Here we go. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and improve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. It's such a great passage. If you have not memorized it yet, you can do this. But it's all about change because we tend to be uh, a conformist. We conform to the people around us, to the people we admire, to kind of the general culture, to our own bad instincts. We conform and we conform. It's easy to conform. You know, it's kind of like the fish uh, getting, just going with the flow, going with the current. That's easy. But, but God says, mm, be transformed. Metamorphosis. Change into something totally different. By the renewing of your mind. God wants to do this change in our hearts, in our mind that impact our actions. You know, we often pray, God, show me your will. And sometimes I think we get too specific with that. Now, God may specifically show us his will of like, do I, do I take this job or this job? We should pray about such things. Do I move to this city or to this city? We should pray about such things. But God's will is, when, when we look at scripture, is often kind of a larger view of that of like, obey me. And you might be able to obey me here or here. In fact, you certainly could. And I may specifically want you to go one place or the other. God often directs us in those ways. He's done that in my life before. But, but he always wants us to direct us into his will of obeying him, listening to him. And that means we got to do this ugly thing that we don't like and it gets a bad rap change. And so today, if when you hear the word change, you immediately have an action against it, I, I want to just ask you to lower your hands because you can't revolt against change and continue to follow Jesus because Jesus wants to change you. He's not done with you yet. He wants to change you and change you and change you, and it's, it's part of our life here, and then one day he will ultimately change us, and we'll be with him in the new heaven and the new earth. The fourth time that word metamorphosis is used, I'm just going to summarize for you, but 2 Corinthians 3 um, talks about how we often aren't transformed all at once, but uh, one translation says that we are transformed, metamorphosis uh, degree by degree, bit by bit, you know, little by little, that God keeps transforming us, keeps changing us until that one day that we are fully transformed to be like him. Chinese bamboo produces very little outward growth for several years, about four, four or so years, hardly does anything that you can see, but under the ground it's doing stuff. But then in that fifth year, it's magical. 
In that fifth year, it can grow up to 80 feet in that one year. Sometimes it can grow eight feet in a single day. Like you can see it. And it shoots up majestic and glorious and incredible. But a lot of that growth depends on the soil and the root system. The root comes before the fruit. And in our lives, we need to focus more on the root and let God worry about the fruit. And God does this work in us. And as we grow and the world can see us and maybe the world will see you sprouting here or here or here or here and, he, and God's gonna use you in this way or this way or this way or this way. We'll allow him and give him permission to use us however he wants. But it begins with us saying, God, you can pull out the weeds in my heart. You can change me. Grow my roots deep. Grow my roots wide. Let me follow you. Okay, let's review. Number one, sin leads to death, so kill the monster while it's small. Number two, repentance begins with stillness or quiet attentiveness. So remember to be still and pay attention to God. Number three, God brings the hammer. So invite God to change you. He'll do the heavy lifting. In the Core 52 devotional book that many of us read this past week, um, Mark Moore lists four ways that we can invite change. And these are four things that you could begin doing this week. Number one, scripture and silence. Are, are there moments in your day where you read scripture and you can be silent? The book can help, but there's other ways to do that. Number two, music. Music is a great way to find some worship music, some praise music, maybe even some quiet instrumental music, but music that draws your heart to God. Number three, service. We often say here that God created us to serve. And if we're not serving, then we're missing out on one of the roots that God wants to grow to help grow us tall. And number four, fellowship. And this is the one that we keep begging you because fellowship has become so tricky this last year become so difficult and complicated and before when it was like, hey, can we all come over and get together? And, and I was even thinking, like, normally next week we'd have a big Super Bowl party. And I'm like, ugh, how are we going to do that? And I'm not sure. It may be too cold. I think it's supposed to be 17 and snowing next Sunday, according to the weather. That may not be ideal Super Bowl party outdoor viewing. Um, but with that said, Scripture still says, be with others. Fellowship. We need fellowship. And so I'm just asking you to unlock your creativity to figure it out. We have small groups that you can still sign up for. About one more week left of signups, and then we'll close those. So if you want to be with a group, a lot of those groups are doing Zoom meetings. Some are getting outdoors together if it's warm enough to do that. If you can't do that, find somebody else that you say, let's call each other every week. Or maybe there's a group that, that you already do lunch or coffee with. But make fellowship part of that time where you do the discussions from the book or you talk about the memory verse, but make that meaningful and important. We need fellowship. If we want to change, we need others because we don't see our own flaws spiritually in the mirror very often. We need somebody else to dig in a little bit, to challenge us sometimes, to encourage us, to help us grow in the Lord. Uh, we need fellowship, so don't ignore that. To, to the folks who are watching online, I want to specifically ask you, Find a way to be with other people. I, I am so thankful that our chat is full of people encouraging one, one another on Sunday mornings. We go back and we read that and we pray for the prayer request and we love seeing that.
but you also need to talk to some other human beings uh, beside just that time. And you can do that with a phone call or a small group or however. Find a way to do it. I know some people feel like uh, the monster of sin or bad habits has gotten so big that it just seems insurmountable. And I want to tell you that you aren't too scary of a project for God. He's seen some pretty rough characters before. And he's changed their lives completely. He's seen some rough situations, some bad, toxic relationships, some bad attitudes, some, some, some really bad things that people have been part of. He's seen some monstrous stuff. But God can bring the hammer, and he can change your life. And he can change your heart. He can change your future. That's his work. And this morning, we want to invite you to ask God to change you from the inside out. And we have some folks that would be glad to pray with you. And if you're here with us in person, we just ask that uh, you find one of our folks that would be glad to pray with you just right outside the doors when we're done here. Some of our, our folks would be glad to pray with you there. If you're watching online, a button will pop up that said, yeah, I'd like to pray with somebody or I would like to follow Jesus and we'll connect with you there. Or you can just even leave it in the chat. Would somebody call me tomorrow and talk to me? We would love to do that because God is in the business of changing us and you aren't too big of a problem for him to jump right in the middle of it because he loves you that much. Let's pray. Father, would, would you continue to do this great work that you've been doing throughout human history, taking the darkness of our hearts and leading us to light? Sometimes we feel like we're too broken or too messy, we're too far gone, and yet time and time again, you've showed up in the lives of people who just ask you for help and you give it abundantly. So God, we pray that we can be a people who embrace the change that you want to do in us. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, we're so thankful that you are here today. Um, I wanna ask uh, just a couple of things. Uh, one, uh, thank you so much uh, for many of you who have partnered with Highland Park financially. Um, and we invite you to continue to do that as we care for our neighborhood, as we care for our, our missionaries. One of the things that I'm most thankful for was that in 2020, uh, we didn't have to reduce our financial support to our missionaries by $1. I'm really thankful for that, and that's because of your great generosity. And I would encourage you, uh, if you're able to, to continue to support financially. If you're here in person, there's a blue box uh, if, uh, that that you can drop something, uh, a gift into. You can also give online at hptulsa.com um, at any point, like right now or later on, whether you're here or watching online. Um, and you can call the office if you ever have questions about that. We'd be glad to help you with that. Um, also, just want to ask you if you would be praying for Highland Park as uh, Gabriella shared that announcement earlier. We're really excited about what that might mean of how that we can just use this building and be good stewards of this building to love our community. You know, we're thinking of, uh, we know we have some Highland Park folks who are teaching their kids, uh, you know, virtually, but it, 
the parents aren't virtual. They're there with their kids at the dining room table. Some of the Highland Park folks have extra neighbor kids coming over because their parents are going to work. This is a big struggle for them. So we're praying that just maybe getting to come up here and run around in our gym for a few minutes for an hour or doing homework here can be a blessing to our community. So I just want to ask you, would you pray for that? And that that can be a blessing to people, a way that we can love our neighbors and maybe even help people more than they ever thought we could. Um, and then just pray for lots of needs in the Highland Park Church family. There's some grieving and some real struggles, um, uh, lots, of, lots of church families. So just pray for one another. Um, I know there's some heavy hearts this morning. And so I just wanted to close our time with a time of prayer. And then uh, you'll be dismissed. And, um, and just thank you so much for, for partnering in ministry with us, okay? Father, we say thank you for your goodness and your generosity in our lives. We uh, thank you for those who give so generously to Highland Park uh, through prayer and service and fellowship and financially. And we pray that you would continue to meet our needs so that we can continue to support your work here in Tulsa and around the globe. Father, we pray that you would use uh, this church family of believers and also use this facility um, as a way to uh, engage with people, uh, to love people so that they would know they're loved by us and ultimately that they would know that they're loved by you. And we pray for those who are struggling uh, with schooling stuff going on, with health crises, with loss of loved ones. Uh, there's lots of hardship uh, this week uh, in our church family. And we, we lift up every one of those people that they would just feel your love wrap around them like a warm blanket. And I pray that, that you would remind us to reach out and to love and care for people. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks so much, and you're dismissed.